Jesus, by our Lord, be with you. And The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Every three years, the lectionary places in the path of the church throughout the world those words from this morning's epistle lesson. And every time they roll back around, it is helpful and hopeful for us to hear Paul say that we are being saved. The popular Christianity, which is so dominant in our part of the world, has a tendency to reduce salvation to a moment in time when we make a decision that rescues us from the wrath of God. But in the Bible, salvation is so much more than that. For one thing, salvation in the Bible is actually used more often as an Old Testament Jewish word than it is used as a New Testament Christian word. And for another thing, while it sometimes includes in its meaning rescue from punishment, salvation in the Bible most often means shalom, to become healed and whole, to become the person God has created and called us to be. The sort of thing which rarely happens all at once or once and for all. Rather, salvation is most often the long, slow, step-by-step, day-by-day work of at least a lifetime and perhaps more. Or, as Paul said in this morning's epistle passage, we are being saved. That is why I often say that baptism is a beginning, not an ending. A practice uniform the church assigns us because we've started something, not a trophy the church awards us because we've finished something. Whether it is by sprinkling at a font or immersion in a stream, Our baptism is the moment we spend the rest of our lives staying wet with and living up to. Slowly, slowly, little by little, step by step, day by day, becoming the people God has created and called us to be. Slowly, slowly, little by little, we are to borrow Paul's phrase, being saved, growing, changing, becoming deeper in our spirit and wider in our embrace, more thoughtful and mindful, more generous and gentle, more courageous and kind, 
flawed, limited, and beset with blind spots, but also growing and changing what Paul called being saved. Sinners, yes, but sinners in the process of being redeemed. In her book entitled Thirst, the poet Mary Oliver writes, Another morning, and I wake with thirst for the goodness I do not have, which, while I cannot speak for you, has been the story of my life for as long as I can remember, hungering and thirsting for the courage and clarity, depth and goodness I do not yet have. The great 20th century preacher and civil rights leader Howard Thurman once said concerning his own self and soul, there are parts of me that have never heard the gospel. Which is true of my own self and soul. And perhaps the same is true for you too. Which is why it is for all of us so helpful and hopeful to hear Paul say in this morning's epistle lesson that we are being saved. Because if we are still being saved, then we are not yet finished growing and changing. If we are still being saved, then we are still traveling the path to depth. Still traveling, moving, growing, and changing, really changing, little by little, into the thoughtful, mindful, gentle, generous, courageous, clear, kind, big-spirited souls we all long and yearn and ache to become. In one of his many books, William Wellerman tells about a conversation he once overheard between two Christians, one a Catholic, the other a Methodist. After a few moments of comparing notes on their particular versions of Christianity, one of them said to the other, well... I have my faith, and you have yours, and that's fine, whatever works for you. To which the other person replied, well, that's the problem. My faith is not working for me, it's working on me. Now that, my sisters and brothers, is what we're after. 
That's what we want. Not a faith that works for us, but a faith that works on us. A faith that actually requires us to change what we think and say in serious and significant ways. A faith that reaches past every compartment and into every corner of our self and soul. Economics, politics, what we post and text, what we get angry and outraged about, and what we don't get angry and outraged about. A faith that reaches past all of those compartments and into each of those corners of our lives. A faith that will not stop saving us until we get so saved that we actually eventually become those great and sensitive souls who in each new situation and circumstance instinctively sit down with and stand up for the same people Jesus would sit down with and stand up for if Jesus lived in the United States of America today. Those massively generous and unfailingly gentle souls in whom the human spirit and the Holy Spirit become so seamlessly integrated that you can no longer tell where one ends and the other begins. Ah, now that's being saved. And it's not impossible for any of us. As I stood barely a couple of hours ago over a dot Taylor um, shortly after she had breathed her last breath I thought now there's one of those souls in whom the human spirit and the Holy Spirit were so fully integrated that you couldn't tell where one ended and the other began. Well, if it could happen to and in dot and to and in so many of you who live that way every day, one imagines that it could happen to someone like myself and others of us. I know that to 
eventually be that saved? <laughs> Sounds like a stretch and a reach and a far-fetched, starry-eyed, overly ambitious dream for poor and broken sinners like you and like me. But if all of us are still being saved, what's to stop any of us from eventually becoming that saved? Amen. As we come